The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. How to save Michigan football in three not-so-easy steps. Next, on this week's edition of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Here's Clark. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Throws it. And it. Touchdown night again. Just before Brazil got him, and a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle, caught by Kohler at the five on his feet, touchdown Michigan! On his way, it's good! He's 5'7", 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan, but Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for both inventions. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Second. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. Winner. We're going to win the championship again because we're going to play as a team. And when we play as a team, and the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Go Blue, I'm Steve Dace. Welcome to this week's edition of Michigan Podcast. Our good friend Mark Rogers will be joining us for the 10-minute war here coming up uh, in the next segment of the show. But we begin with what we tease. This will be the final show, we hope. Uh, That means we don't have to come back for Christmas break. But right now we're planning on this being the final show for this year unless a coaching change is announced at Michigan before we return on January the 5th. Barring that happening, and I do think there will be a coaching change at Michigan. I'm just not confident anything will get announced while we're away for Christmas break. NFL season isn't until January 3rd. If you've got your eye on some guys that are coaching right now in college football, probably they're going to be playing in bowl games January 1 or thereafter, and you don't want to get in the middle of their seasons and cause a distraction. Signing day is coming up Wednesday, uh, the day before or day after we are currently taping this. Once you get past that, you know, that, the pressure to get, make a decision with Harbaugh is now. Once you get past signing day, though, it doesn't make a difference if you make the decision on 
December 20th or January 20th. Most of that's a dead period. Most of the players you want are already going to be signed elsewhere anyway. So you can take your time now and let events play themselves out, which is what I believe Michigan will do. And if I was Ward Manuel, I need a plan. I'm the Michigan athletic director. I need to save this football program. It's further away from beating Ohio State than it was when Jim Harbaugh took over six years ago. Um, we just had our first ever winless season at home. It's pretty obvious now with a third game in a row at the end of the year canceled that our players just lost hope and gave held, and let go of the rope when it came to the protocols because there wasn't anything to play for. And you saw the lack of, of, of trust with the plan and the vision and the coaching in the way they played when they were even on the field. This thing is broken and requires a renovation more than a reboot. Uh, and it requires urban renewal more than a, just a simple, let's just uh, get some new assistant coaches and try it again. There are three big steps, if I'm Ward Manual, that I'm going to take to fix Michigan football and in this order. Number one, I want to reset a, a show we did recently here on Michigan Podcast. I've got to hire the grinder coach. I have the infrastructure. I have one of the largest living alumni bodies in the world. I have one of the highest rated public universities in the world. I have the winningest program of all time. I have the second most uh, win percentage of all time. I have the most Big Ten championships of all time. I have well over 100 All-Americans, multiple Heisman Trophy winners. I have the infrastructure here. I've got one of the largest recruiting budgets in the country. I have the largest stadium in the country. I have some of the best facilities in the country. We were the first Jumpman school in the country. We have the infrastructure here. What I'm missing, to use a historical analogy, I'm Abraham Lincoln in the middle of the Civil War here. I've got all the metal. I've got all the men. I've got all the material it takes to defeat the South. Why am I losing? They've got the better generals. I've got to find me the field general. Someone who can take all of the infrastructure advantages I have and mobilize them into uh, a weapon, a football weapon of mass destruction. I need that general. And that general I'm looking for is the grinder coach that I laid out a couple of weeks ago here on Michigan Podcast. The guy who understands, who comes in with the chip on the shoulder, who understands the level of attention to detail, not the erratic mannerisms of Jim Harbaugh. Let's do a podcast. Let's not. Let's go to Europe. Let's not. Let's have 24 different on-field coaches. Jim Harbaugh has had, say that again, folks, 24 different on-field coaches in the six years he's been here. 24. 24. Okay? Uh, I mean, there needs to be a plan other than enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Uh, there needs to be a plan other than let's hire an offensive coordinator I've never met. I call him up one day out of the blue. He doesn't know me. I've never met him, interviewed him, nothing. And let me talk to him for on the phone for a while and offer him a job to call plays at Michigan where he's never called plays before. No, a plan. Somebody who, who has had to work that plan, that process, to get to where they are at and understands that at Michigan, that program's going to have to work that plan and process to get where it wants to go as well. So number one, I need the general. I need my grant. I need to hire my patent. 
I need the grinder coach. That's number one if I'm Ward Manual. Number two if I'm Michigan's athletic director. I've got to max out in exploiting name, image, and likeness. Now, I absolutely believe there's real cheating going on in college football. I don't think there's any question about that. And I think to say otherwise is really, uh, you're deluding yourselves. But how much of that is the reality of Michigan's situation and how much of it is an excuse? You know, Michigan went into the 2019 season with just as many four- and five-star recruits on this roster as Clemson had. And Michigan likes to point to Clemson as a cheater, claims that it offered Rashawn Gary four hundred grand to flip his commitment on signing day. Well, let's say all of that is true. A name, image, and likeness should level the playing field. Again, go back to all those advantages I just mentioned for Michigan. You now can mobilize them in ways where your athletes can profit off of their association with you. And that vast network of fans, donors, boosters, alums, take full advantage of that and make it literally more profitable to come and play at Michigan. And that's maybe one way you can narrow the recruiting gap against schools that you can't recruit against right now because they're better than you. Well, maybe you can offer something now above the table with NIL because of Michigan's vast reach that not even some of the schools that you're competing against can offer because they don't have that level of infrastructure and reach that you do. So fully exploit, have a plan on the table of how we're going to fully exploit NIL to its um, most dramatic potential to max out for our student athletes in the football program. And then number three, Open the program up to more media and fans. Michigan is haunted by its own obstinance in that because no one in the media, really no one in the national media other than a former player like a Desmond Howard has a real association with Michigan or its coaches. I mean, you know, Harbaugh would rather have a root canal than than do a, a phoner or a TV interview. But this has gone on for years. I mean, Michigan has had, hasn't had a media day for fans for football in years. And so what happens is when you don't have that bridge with the public, the minute anything negative goes public or any adversity hits the public, since there isn't any relationship there or any affinity there between the public and you, instantly everything becomes spun as the most negative possible. There's no benefit of the doubt at all. This then creates a self-fulfilling prophecy because the external pressure on the, on the program continues to boil like a cauldron. The program then hunkers down and, and, and bunkers down and hits to a deeper submarine, which only increases the pressure because the further down you, in, you go into the depths in a submarine, the deeper and the worse the water, the pressure underwater is, right? And this just creates a vicious cycle. Open the program up first to your fans. They matter the most. Restore the media days and more and more opportunities for fans to interact with your program directly and get to know your student athletes. And maybe when a little adversity hits or a little negativity hits, people might be more inclined to then actually defend you first rather than pile on. That's number one with the fans. And then number two, do the same with the media. Not every, you know, not everything. Not everything has to be a battle with the media all the time. 
And you can use them the way that they would like to use you to get your message out as well. I think those are the three steps. If I was Ward Manual, if I'm the athletic director at Michigan, those are the three steps in that order I'm taking to hopefully uh, save, fix Michigan football. We'll find out what Mark Rogers thinks from an Ohio State perspective next. We get asked all the time here on Michigan Podcast, hey, what can we do to support you guys? Well, you can support us via our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. You don't just support us, you get exclusive content there, including handicapping picks, exclusive podcasts, and other things available to you by supporting us on our Patreon page. And who knows, you might make some money. Uh, It looks like all my NFL season win total best bets are going to cash this year. So check us out, patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. And thanks to the hundreds of you that are supporting us right now at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And for one final time here in 2020, before we head off for the holidays, Mark Rogers, the one and only reasonable Buckeye fan, joins us here for the 10-Minute War, our homage to the great 10-year war between Woody and Bo back when it was a rivalry and it mattered and it wasn't just a perennial bloodletting. Mark, welcome to the program. Good to see you again this week, brother. How are you? Merry Christmas to you. I practically made it through an entire college football season and maintained that introduction. I'm mighty proud of that. (laughs) Hey, what did you think of Mike Leach, the uh, Mississippi State coach? saying that we found a way to, to give people the most joyless season possible. Let's not repeat this next year. What are your thoughts on that? I don't want Mike Leach coaching my football program, but he's mighty entertaining. He's good for the sport, and he can be that entertainment factor for somebody else. I appreciate his just blatant honesty. When he screws up, when his players screw up, sometimes I think it's to the detriment of his program and the continuity within the, the, the locker room in the clubhouse sometimes throws people under the bus that should not be. But he certainly, based on what I could gather, included himself in, in the problem, in the blame. So kudos to Mike Leach. Again, don't want him coaching my football program, but uh, he's good for entertainment uh, somewhere else. Well, I don't think the college football season's been joyless. I haven't enjoyed it as much as I have others, but I've enjoyed having it. I do think the Michigan football season's been joyless. And um, I, I exhausted every relationship and any amount of political capital I have, however limited it is, to help fight behind the scenes and some in front of the scenes uh, to bring Big Ten football back. And Michigan has made me regret all of that energy quite a few times. Uh, the announcement earlier today, now the Iowa game is not going to take place uh, on Saturday. More COVID issues, up to 50 players out now with positive tests and contact tracing. I I don't understand all the contact tracing. We saw this with Ohio State a couple weeks ago, Illinois earlier this year, Michigan now. I was under the impression we were doing all this daily antigen testing so that we wouldn't have to do these mass waves of contact tracing, right? But that's neither here nor there. Hopefully we won't have to do this to this extent next year, if at all. But it it just seems like the way that this season ended, I, I really believe everything that went on last week about we're trying to play was all done in response to Kirk Herbstreit's comments. I really believe that. 
It was all done from a political optics standpoint. And and then, you know, Jim Harbaugh turns around and says yesterday, well, uh, you know, we couldn't play the game, but we had a spirited practice on Sunday the day after. And and I'm sure they had a spirited practice of like 35 guys, okay? But you can't put it like that. It, it makes it look like, then why couldn't you play the day before, right? You, you, can't you just say we had a spirited practice with a limited team? No, apparently they can't. And they trot the coach out there yesterday to talk about how we're playing, and then the next day they test, and now we're not. Just your view of this entire fiasco at the end of the year uh, from the outside. And I don't know what you thought. I didn't miss the game at all, man. Like, not at all. To not have to go through that emotionally. I mean, I wasn't going to watch anyway, but the fact that I didn't even have to pay attention, know what was going on. I mean, the amount of relief and peaceful, easy feeling, Glenn Fry, I got from not having that game played this year, man, I really appreciated it. What did you think? I didn't miss the game as much as I would have during the course of my life for other reasons, for other reasons, uh, football being minimized in my life in regards to emotional attachment and me not being 15 years old anymore. Uh, that had more to do with it than missing the game or not missing the game. Michigan. So I certainly came prepared in this in this segment, Steve, to fix your football program. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My thoughts about, okay, my thoughts about... Listen, if, if every Buckeye in my comment section, if I don't ask you about the optics of this game not being played while Michigan turned around and said we practiced the next day, if I don't ask you about that, every Ohio State fan in this audience, man, is going to hunt me down, okay? So I had to ask you about that. Fan, fanatic, same thing. They're not reasonable. They think Michigan's running. They think Michigan's scared. Maybe that's an element to it. We discussed it last week. I'm not going to deny that. I'm the last person that jumps to conclusions and tries to determine what's in the thought process of people's, you know, what's going on between the ears. I'm I'm not typically that guy. I try not to be that guy. Try not to read people's emotions and their, uh, their facial expressions and determine, okay, this must be... The, the incentive or the motivation or the reason why this was being done. I'm going to generally take the decision as it's stated, but then I'm going to add up what else has happened prior to or what's happening uh, in the situation around it to determine, okay, whether that's a valid reason that's communicated to the public or it's not. We've seen other games canceled throughout the Big Ten and the national season across the board. So I'm going to take Michigan since they didn't play the week before. And of course, that could be calculated in this process of we need to get the Ohio State game wiped off the board. Therefore, we're going to lead into that by canceling the game prior to. I understand all that can be uh, determined and it can be part of the major plan. Uh, but I, I think that Michigan football uh, suffers from so much more than just going out and losing by seven or eight touchdowns to Ohio State. Uh, I just, I could never have thought that I would say this, but that game is just so minimized in this particular case, in this particular situation, that even uh, in my Ohio State discussions, in the one-hour show that I do, talking Ohio State football for a full hour with beat writers, 
the Michigan discussion and the game had just been canceled a few hours earlier Mm -hmm. was like the last five minutes. It was all playoff, Big Ten championship. What are we going to do? Are we good enough? Did we get get the six games in? What's that going to look like to the committee? It was Mm -hmm. all about that. I had to get sentimental and say, guys, um, man, this kind of hurts my heart that we're not talking about. I can't imagine in 1995, Ohio State, Michigan gets canceled all. Oh, my. That's Armageddon. That's the end of the world. Right. Right. Now, if you're wearing this sweatshirt, it is sweet deliverance. So you already broached the topic, and I've addressed it here at the top of the show. If I were Ward Manuel, the Michigan Athletic Director, three steps I would take to save the Michigan football program, to turn it around. I've walked through those three steps. Number one, hire the grinder type of a coach. Um, you know, um, num- Number two, uh, take full advantage of name, image, and likeness. The idea that some schools cheat in recruiting or cut corners with academics and I have no idea. I'm sure it occurs. I don't know how prevalent it is. Somewhere, It's somewhere between excuse and true, you know, probably. Okay. Um, like, let's say Alabama cheats for every one of those five-star kids. You still have to coach those kids. You still have to put them in a position to win that many games and win that many championships. You can't just throw them out there and say, all right, guys, go get them. Okay. You have to coach the team. So somewhere between excuse and true, uh, Michigan is attempting to run some version of a, we're not Stanford or Duke or Wake Forest or even Notre Dame, but on a public university level, we've always tried to run some form of a student athlete model. We're not, a, you know, your traditional football factory among the elite programs. To me, then you use name, image, and likeness. You've got the largest living alumni body in the world. You've got uh, one of the most lucrative licensing deals in all of sports. You've got the largest stadium in the sport. You draw as many eyeballs as anybody not named Notre Dame, Ohio State, or Alabama on television. Exploit that. They're giving you now legalized and permissible benefits now through name, image, and likeness. Take full advantage of that uh, in order to let that Michigan brand help to market individuals to want to come play at Michigan because there's opportunities to make money through a third party here that don't exist at some of these other places. And then thirdly, the program has gone out of its way to alienate its fans. Doesn't hasn't had a media day in years. Um, it, it it begrudgingly gives press avails. Doesn't like to do television or radio appearances. Um, it 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 doesn't do anything to build any goodwill whatsoever with media and fans. So that the minute things go negative, everybody no one has a personal stake in saying, "Well, you know, we kind of know these guys. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt." So you just right away just create a self-fulfilling prophecy by going when it's negative to a five, you go seven or eight. You know what I'm saying? There's no connection personally that the program offers. It keeps everyone at bay all of the time. Open the doors up a little bit, build some rapport with your fans again. Uh, You know, don't be unnecessarily uh, prickly with the media. And, and then maybe not everything's a conspiracy. Not everything is who's, who's getting fired. Not everything is a clickbait. Michigan failed again because we've built up a lot of ill will that has hurt our own cause. So those are the three steps that I would take. What are your thoughts on those, Mark? You agree, disagree, want to add or, or subtract? So understand, Steve, that I know about your culture. I know about your tradition, your brand, all that as being a college football guy that loves the history that understands and knows the history, but I'm not entrenched 
in the culture. So I don't really understand it. I don't live it. I don't know how it works. I've only read about it, been around it. You're not Oregon of, let's say, the late 1990s that can say, you know, we want to build a major college football brand here. How are we going to do it? Well, we're going to do A, B, and C. Nobody cares about our history. Nobody knows about our history. We're just kind of, a, we've been around for a long time, but we've been insignificant. So we can do whatever we want. We can become a new brand. Well, Michigan can't do that. There's just too many ties to the past, and those ties to the past are important. Uh, so I thought about this for a few minutes from a more of an organizational standpoint and a messaging standpoint. And again, not understanding or living the culture, but just being on the periphery and, and being a college football guy. And I think of this more from, yes, organization and messaging and communication that you're not going to be successful unless everybody understands the vision, knows the vision, agrees with the vision and the expectations. So you got to get all the power brokers into one room whether that's chancellor, president, AD, board, all those people, and decide how important is football. Are we good with just making money, going nine and three, eight and four, make money, and we're good enough for people to pay attention? And because of our history, that will continue with us. Or do we have a commitment to being the team? In the, do we have the commitment that Ohio State has? Can, can we so... You need to come to a place where everybody's on the same page as to the investment that's going to be needed, the commitment that's going to be needed to go after it, be the football brand that you want to be to, to win the Big Ten. Then you think, okay, either we're going to go get the coach. Have we identified the coach that – and you brought up P.J. Fleck a few uh, weeks ago in regarding – in regards to being uh, having to be all in on a guy. So I'm thinking you go one of two routes, either that guy that's okay. You, we got to be all in on his vision, his culture, what he brings, his style, his personality. We're that sold on that guy and we're going to let him lead it. Or we're Michigan. We already have an identity, a brand and all that who fits our brand, our, our identity, and then we bring him in. Then I think it's all about, much of it's about communication. You have to have various layers of communication and change that message. You bring in all the people that make decisions within the, the athletic department and the administration to communicate, okay, we are this committed to football. These are our goals, these are, these are our visions, and this is how we're going to get there. Therefore, we need you to and, – and that's more of a real conversation. That's more of a this is kind of the dirty side of it or the not-so-positive side of it, and this is what we're going to have to do. And then you talk to the worker bees, and you provide maybe a, a glossier, uh, more politically correct, uh, uh, more hopeful, optimistic view, not Pollyanna. It's got to be real. It's got to be a real message. And then, it, then you go out to the media. You go out to the public and say – this is who we're going to be. And then you also, once you hire that coach, Steve, I think he needs to deliver a challenge to Ohio State. Let's say you're, you're all in it and you've determined what you want your identity to be. And again, that determination needed to be made in that first meeting to say, are we, do we want to be the Ohio State of the next decade or so in the Big Ten? Or 
Are we good with just being an identity, having an identity that's that's respectable? Wisconsin. And we're not going to win championships. We're not going to compete seriously at the national level, but we're going to be respected. We're going to have an identity. Uh, or are we going after Ohio State? And if we're going after Ohio State, our coach is going to state that. He's going to give respect to Ohio State, acknowledge what they've accomplished, acknowledge that they're the big boy on the block, that they've done it right, that they've taken the rivalry seriously. But now we have determined we are committed to winning and we're coming after you. We acknowledge your accomplishments, but now we're coming after you and we're stating out to all the elite recruits across the country that in playing for Michigan football, you're taking on a challenge to be the best. And you can be part of something special that also has a tie to great tradition and the past and the brand, but can be exciting and new at the same time. And it's going to be something special because of those two uh, components working together. And we're going to just, we only have one goal, and that's to beat Ohio State. That's our only goal. We're not going to talk about anything else because in doing that, we're going to accomplish. We're not going to, we're not going to lose to the Maryland's and Michigan States of the world and beat Ohio State 80% of the time. Uh, that's, that's going to come along with the deal of going after that team in Columbus and then the Big Ten's going to come along with it, and we're not going to worry about a playoff. The Big Ten, we're going after Ohio State. Wow. That's exceedingly well said and laid out. And I think Michigan thought they were doing that on December 30th, 2014, when they brought in Jim Harbaugh. I mean, they gave, he's, I got, he's got one of the biggest recruiting budgets in the country. Uh, they displaced a lot of their Olympic sports teams to build him the biggest weight room in the country at Oosterbahn Fieldhouse. He's got like four practice fields. I mean, nobody nobody in this part of the country has better facilities than we do. Some have as good of, but nobody has better. Uh, we gave him really carte blanche. Um, we let him hire coaches like Chris Partridge specifically to bring in recruits like Rashawn Gary, the kind of thing that's not an NCAA violation, but sort of an institutionalized form of cheating, I guess we'd say, that in the past Michigan thought we won't even do stuff like that, you know, let alone an, an improper benefit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we let Jim Harbaugh push every envelope, provided it didn't cross the line, and it didn't work out. And I think that's now where this thing is just kind of stuck. I think if it was literally anybody else other than the most decorated quarterback in school history who finished third for the Heisman Trophy and is the first Michigan quarterback to ever be drafted in the first round and throw a touchdown pass in the NFL... Anybody other than him, he doesn't survive going 0-4 against Ohio State, let alone 0-5, and the fifth loss was the most embarrassing, arguably, of them all. Any, literally anybody else, he's already gone. And so I think that Michigan, I, I think I would agree with your vision, Mark, and thought that they were doing that with Harbaugh. And I think that's why my first thing is the higher the coach with the work ethic and the plan. Not You know, for Jim, Jim doesn't have a plan. Jim, it's random. You know, the plan is I'm Jim Harbaugh. Enthusiasm and on demand. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is the plan. That's where you hire an offensive coordinator that you never knew on a phone call and give him a job that's never called any plays. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, I, but, but, the, but the idea of having a plan, I, I think Michigan has the plan that you want. We got to find the coach that has the plan to implement the vision that you eloquently articulated there. That was good stuff, brother. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. All right. We'll see you after the first of the year. Take care, okay? Merry Christmas to you as well. All right. 
We get asked all the time here on Michigan Podcast, hey, what can we do to support you guys? Well, you can support us via our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. You don't just support us, you get exclusive content there, including handicapping picks, exclusive podcasts, and other things available to you by supporting us on our Patreon page. And who knows, you might make some money. Uh, It looks like all my NFL season win total best bets are going to cash this year. So check us out, patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. And thanks to the hundreds of you that are supporting us right now at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And our Twitter poll results. We asked you, do you believe not want, but believe Jim Harbaugh will be the coach of Michigan's football team in 2021? 62.6% of you said yes. 37.4% of you said no. If I had a vote in this. I would have voted no. I, I don't believe Jim will be back next year. I think we're going to have a new coach. That brings us to our question of the week from Louis Papp, who says, the rumor mill has it that up to 20 guys are looking to transfer from Michigan. What say you? You know what I've heard? I've heard that 20 guys are transferring from Michigan if Jim Harbaugh leaves. And a different 20 guys are transferring from Michigan if he stays. That's what I've heard. I mean, we're going to replace so many coaches, I've been told. You're, you're starting all over anyway. You might as well change out the head coach. I, mean, I, I don't know what he's done other than being named Jim Harbaugh. And I say this because I love, I love him. He's my all-time favorite player. But it is what it is. I, I don't know what he's done to merit any kind of an extension other than his name is Jim Harbaugh. Literally, a coach named anything else with his record in rivalry games, the Ohio State game, not having any championships, etc., would have been ran out of here by now. And I don't want to hear about, well, there's a, there's a $10 million buyout, you know, and, and, and it's a pandemic, Steve. First of all, it's not a buyout per se. You have to pay off the rest of his contract, and that's what's on the rest of his contract, number one. And you can also pay it off in monthly installments over 18 months. That's in his contract, too, I believe. But South Carolina just did a $13 million buyout. Auburn just did a $21 million buyout. Those schools don't have the money Michigan has. Don't tell me South Carolina can afford 13. Auburn can afford 21. But Michigan, over the course of the next 18 months, can't afford 10. Come on, man. I'm not, I'm not buying that at all. And I, and I don't believe he's going to be back because I think if he wanted him back, Ward Manuel, the athletic director, would have just said so by now. He's been given ample opportunity to say, Jim's going to be our coach next year. And every time he's given that opportunity, he doesn't say it. I think there's only one way to interpret that. And I think you're going to watch that play itself out as the NFL season ends, right? the regular season of the NFL ends, right around the time that the postseason in college football is winding down. Uh, early, the first days of January is when I think we're going to see that Jim Harbaugh is going to move on. Even what he said the other day before signing day, you know, I intend to be the coach at Michigan. That's you, you word that that way so that if you're not, you can't be accused later on of lying to recruits before signing day or what have you. Well, you know, I intended to coach here. Things just changed beyond my control. It was my intent to stay. So no, I, I think when you've been given every ample opportunity as an athletic director, to say that you want this guy to be your coach and you punt on saying it every time you're asked, there's only one way to interpret that. And I interpret that as, 
he wants there to be somebody else as the football coach at Michigan. But we will watch it play out over the next few weeks. This may be the final time uh, that we see all of you in 2020, a year that I think a lot of us can't wait to end. But with what's left of it, we still have Christmas and the holidays. Enjoy those and your loved ones. Remember, um, if you don't have COVID and they don't have COVID, no problem getting together and celebrating the reason for the season together. Uh, God bless you all. Thanks for helping us to continue to grow our channel here on YouTube and our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Remember to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, share, whichever one of those things you can do, which however you end up uh, accessing us each and every episode, we greatly appreciate all of you. Yes, even you Ohio State trolls in the comments section. All right, again, everybody have a great holiday. I'm Steve Dace and go play. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.